1: Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is the founder and artistic director of Soma Stage in Maplewood, New Jersey. She has produced concerts at 54 Below and Webster Hall. And before that, she was in a national tour where she met a boy named Frank Mills. It's Dana Spielter, everybody. Hello. Thank you so much for for being here. and for, yeah, for thank you for having me. Joining us, I'm interested to hear about your enthusiasm for musicals as you state on the website and and everything yeah. else like that but specifically you're here to talk about in
0: the height practically everybody's stressed yes but they press through the mess bounce checks and wonder what's next in the heights, i find my coffee and i go i buy my coffee and set my sights on only what i need to know
1: popular in my house right now i have to say my okay. son 13 and he 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 got through hamilton and he's decided now it's it's all about in the heights uh for him gotta so. go back
2: to the original yeah
1: <laughs> yep get back to source material so we listened to the album a lot i've seen the movie a couple times since uh since it came out uh and i am excited to talk about it because we did it once before on the show um years ago and uh it 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 was something i knew but was not as familiar with as i am currently uh but i will start where i always like to begin which is how did in the heights come into your life
2: it came into my life uh freshman year of college i was at nyu and my sister had actually seen it off broadway and she had told me i saw this show you would love it like you have to see it and so as soon as it came to broadway like before it really had any hype before you know it won all the tonys i went and saw it um with a friend of mine and was immediately hooked and sort of give a little bit of a backstory as to why um in terms of my background so my father was born in mexico my mother was born in morocco um there's for spanish jews living in morocco and then and they both actually uh later sort of in early teens they both moved to israel and then moved here so i'm first generation american um mm-hmm. and both sides of my family speak spanish as their first language so seeing this show definitely um just was a huge moment for me i think you know i i grew up um I think more sort of connected to the like American Jewish community. Um, but sort of the Spanish side of all of it was sort of hidden. It was like friends would come over and they'd suddenly hear my parents like on the phone talking to my grandparents in Spanish and they'd be like, well, like, like what? Like why why <laughs> is that ha- Like, why are they speaking Spanish? Um, like both literally both of my parents speak to their respective parents in Spanish. That's their both of their first mm-hmm. languages. Um, and or, you know, it's like at family functions, I'd realize like, oh, yeah, like this is a huge part of me. Um, but, you know, it wasn't. I think it was almost uh, sort of like hidden in a little bit of a way in terms of my daily life. And so I think seeing this show um, at such an important also point in my life, freshman year of college, you know, I was discovering who I was trying to find who I was and seeing this on such a big stage. Um just like wow, I, I can see myself in these people, and like this is a part of me, and it was just really, really special. Um, let alone the music it was amazing, and Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, right. you know, the intro of Lin Manuel Miranda to the music to the musical theater scene. You know, how often, yes. you have a new composer make such a mark on Broadway, you know, like since Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber, like there hasn't really been somebody who, you know, really changed the face of of musical theater as Lynn did. And so I think just also seeing that in the music, and I always loved contemporary musical theater as well. I like, guess I, you know, I enjoyed seeing classics, but I always had a thing for contemporary musical theater. I think I saw Rent when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, and oh you know I obviously didn't really understand any of it, but right. I was singing all the music. <laughs> I had no idea what I was saying, but i but I was singing all the music, you know, I think I saw you know I saw Aida and I was like, this music is amazing, and so I always had a thing for for contemporary musicals, so I think also just seeing this type of music on stage just was also super compelling and and just lends. um avenue into theater was obviously so new and dynamic. So it was very exciting.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think that the way he exploded onto the scene can kind of get lost in the Hamilton of it all. Um, yeah. Because it is a lot more like rent in terms of that, like cultural, it was everywhere. It's on the cover of magazines. It's on the like, Everybody's talking about it. Um But it was, uh, you know, obviously with Rent, Jonathan Larson wasn't alive by the time that made it to Broadway. So there was this sort of like ghost figure hanging over it. Lynn is on stage, like he's right there. He's performing the the role. He literally opens the show. And so, you know, there hadn't been somebody like that since... Anthony Newley I mean God, like who's who's you know known equally well for being a performer and a songwriter I don't know yeah. like the last time we had that I mean it
2: was so exciting I mean don't get me wrong I love Hamilton and I mean seeing mm-hmm. it was amazing but I think by the time I saw it it already you had so much hype to it, mm-hmm. it that you know you're go I went in expecting this is supposed to be the best thing ever um within the heights I really went in there was no buzz by the time I saw it and so it was really like a wow moment of mm-hmm. who is this? What is this? Like this, you know, I think the excitement of that new first moment um, mm-hmm. was really special.
1: Well, and I don't know about you, but there's always a special place in my heart for musicals that are not based on anything that yep. are not, you know, they're not based on movies they're not based on real events and not based on operas in the case of, of rent. It's based on nothing. It's an original story being told for the first time as a musical and i am always so appreciative of that when i when i see a show because it cause it, it, it it happens a lot more i think than you than people think it does but it, it it feels very rare because we get so many shows that are based on nowadays it's movies but you know based on all kinds of things adaptations of plays yeah. things like that
2: i mean it, there are great adaptations but yeah some of my favorites are are the originals yes the ones that are completely original and yeah, I mean...
1: There's something very dynamic and and it almost feels quintessentially American about it. I know it isn't, but it, it sort of has that, you know, going back to Music Man or something like that. Like, it's just, it's it's a it's a show. It's a show about now. And it's those usually shows are very contemporary. Like you say, they're about now. They're about what's happening. Yeah,
2: I mean, like, taking next to normal, like, you know... It's mm-hmm.
1: a great completely, example. Completely, yeah. like,
2: being able to really bring something brand new and topics that are now and need to be talked about. And I think it just brings like a completely uh, special and dynamic subject matter, usually to the, to the forefront. I think if something mm-hmm. s- completely original ends up on Broadway, it's because it's really special. Like usually mm-hmm. there's so many adaptations that come to Broadway because they have already an audience or a name that will draw people to come and see it. But if something that is completely original makes it all the way to Broadway, it's usually because it's a really great story. And I think if that actually, you know, makes it that way, then then, you know, a great story is the base of of any great piece of theater. So usually, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, it's such a uh, it is a really great show. And I think that that (laughs) that might sound. Like everybody might be going, well, of course it is. It's in the heights. But like, like you <laughs> say, it's important to remember there was a point where it wasn't in the heights. It was just this show, um, and it does have. I I really think that the the thing that I get listening to it over and over again, as my son plays it, or as we listen, you know, or, <laughs> or listening to talk to you, yeah. is this real great sense of character. The, the 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 characters that are created in this show are so specific and so accessible and i really understand completely even just from the album what they want and what they need and how the 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 neighborhood helps and hurts that those those efforts kind of simultaneously
2: completely i mean that's something lynn is so good at too is Mm. really defining his characters also giving them you know very specific voices and styles in their music like he's always been he's so great at that um but yeah, these characters, while so specific, they're also extremely relatable. You know, mm-hmm. I think everyone can sort of see a little bit of themselves in some of the characters, or or even if not themselves, you see somebody like I know that person, you know. And especially I think for community of, you know, first generation, you know, children of immigrants, I think there's no matter what your background is, I think there's also just like a general um there's a general shared experience that you can connect to. Um, So for example, like with Abuela, I think when you're first watching it, you're not even sure who's Abuela she is. And I think that's the point. Like everybody Mm -hmm. calls her Abuela. She could, you think that she's Nina's Abuela. You think you know, you're not sure who she is because everybody calls her Abuela. She treats everybody like they're her grandkids. And I definitely had a similar experience with that, you know, with all of my family living abroad you know our neighbors and friends be sort of became our adopted family and one of my neighbors um their grandparents their grandmother who they called Safta um was my Safta and I've called her Safta and you know and we spent holidays together and she treated me like her like her granddaughter and it was a, I think that's just such a sort of a there's a lot of common threads that you can see with these characters and just you know can relate to to so many of them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you find that you're, as you get older, it's kind of a leading question, but do you find that as you get older, the characters you connect to surprise and change, like change for you and surprise you in different kind of ways?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think generally with theater, the answer that would probably be yes. I think with this show, I think I've always felt sort of a connection to Nina from the beginning. Um, there's just something about her I really connected with. I think, you know, similar to many children of immigrants, you know, education being so important and feeling sort of that pressure, and and also her feeling sort of a little bit of of failure and wanting to live up to her parents' expectations of her, and you know, having parents who you know want you to to do the best that you can and get a great job. And for me, you know, telling my parents that I wanted to go into the arts and you know what that, what that would mean. And, and, you know, I don't think that's what they envisioned for me. I mean, they're extremely supportive, but um, you know, it was always about getting, you know, the best grades, you can go to the best college, you can get the best job and support yourself and, you know, First wanting to be an aspiring actress and then even going to the business side of it is still, you know. Not quite, yeah, um, what they had in mind. Yeah. So <laughs> so I just I definitely always felt a connection to Nina. But I think as the more I've listened to this show throughout the years, I think I've constantly find new connections to it. And um so I do think some of those things change, but for this one, I've always felt a special connection to Nina.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's she's certainly the what's so interesting about how these characters pop out is obviously we, I think the thing that I appreciate more and more as this, as I listen to this show is how the structure is completely and totally conventional. The understanding that if you're going to do new things, maybe with the syntax and the language and the rhythm, if you're going to go outside of the mainstream for the, for the, for the audience with that, then you have to, Really just have, like, we're going to have a big opening number. You're going to meet all the characters. I'm going to sing right to you. I'm going to tell you everything that's going on. Uh, And then we're going to, you know, we're going to have big closing numbers in in Act 1. We're going to have a big group number in Act 2. Like, it's all going to be, you're going to follow this thing really, really clearly. And the But the intelligence also of knowing when to hold back, because Nina is obviously not in the opening number. She's talked about a lot in the opening number. And then she gets to walk out and sing a song that Breathe, will yeah. just absolutely break your heart. <laughs> 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 For the first time, the show the show has a lot yeah. of those songs in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but when she comes out and she sings Breathe, I think I think everyone can connect to that. I mean, it's a very simple thing to connect to no matter how old you are. When
0: I was a child, I stayed wide awake, climbed to the highest place on every fire escape, restless to climb.
1: Like you said that the characters are specific and and easy to relate to. I think that I, f- I wonder if you find this to be true your work as an artistic director when you work with new works or selecting works, that character specificity is this thing that works in a very almost backwards kind of way, where the more specific characters are, the easier they are to connect with. You know, it's something I talk to my students a lot about that like you have to put you have to make a lot of choices and put your characters in specific situations and give them specific things because it makes them more human. And then once they're more human, they're much yeah. more easy to to connect with. Whereas the instinct might be like, keep them very general, keep them very, you know, they just sort of have a job. We don't really know what it is. And they're just sort of people, you know, to keep it broad. And the audiences have trouble connecting with those characters a lot.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think the more specific you get, the more you can really See, especially when you're at least, you know, with what I'm doing is reading so many scripts. Um, you know, when you're not really seeing necessarily a full fledged production, I think mm-hmm. the more specificity, the better. And being able to really imagine and craft who this person is, um, in your head, you can really start to, as you said, sort of make them into a real person rather than just some general idea that s- doesn't really come together.
1: Yeah, it's so because it's so interesting, like, even from the the jump having a character like Usnavi, who is, you know, fun. He's he's a lot of fun. But, you know, he's he's sort of <laughs> his own kind of very specific characterization. Lin, Lin is a very specific kind of performer. He's got a very specific yeah. energy. And uh, y- you have to really understand y- to get when you get into that specificity, it really makes him a lot more approachable, I think, and a lot more for fun to follow um which is the the joy of that obviously is is following yeah these absolutely so when you saw the show though then you would have been living your new york dream to a certain extent right so this probably like really knocked you down
2: in a very specific yeah, way Yeah, going from completely. the village, like, I, you
1: know up to the heights that's pretty interesting
2: yeah i mean i was still you know i guess it was probably i think it opened in the spring so you know i'd maybe mm-hmm. been there for a few months but I was definitely still sort of exploring the city, getting used to it all. And this was sort of like a love letter to New York, obviously a a different area of of the city than I was living in or even had been to. But but yeah, it was definitely part of my New York experience for sure.
1: That's so interesting. That would have been like, I mean, that's like a perfect, it's a perfect come to New York kind of show. Like it's a real. Yeah,
2: exactly. It was really like, and it was also at the same time when I, I mean, I also was just starting to sort of do some auditions as well. And so, also like navigating, like figuring out the whole just as a person and then also as an actor, like figuring out who I am and where you fit into all these places. Um, and I think, you know, it was so interesting because I like saw myself as a sort of saying, I saw myself in, in the heights and. I remember it was sort of at the time where everything was really starting to change of like, you know, they really want people who are who are really of the ethnicity, you know, and that that was really taking a big turn at that time. And I remember just feeling like, you know, I was a little too ethnic for like the all American girl, but like Mm -hmm. not quite ethnic enough for like the, you know, even that some of the Hispanic shows and Hispanic roles. And um, I'll never forget going to. Uh, one of those big open calls for like Fiddler on the Roof and I was typecast out of Fiddler on the Roof.
1: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> and, wow. you know, obviously, yeah, like I, I wasn't, you know, as I guess as, you know, Eastern European looking, you know, I'm I'm half Ashkenazi, half Spartac. So I think it was also just like a very much like trying to figure out like where my place was and who I was. And I think with seeing this show like so many of the characters are also sort of especially with Nina going to college and she's trying to sort of find her place and where does she fit is she you know I just yeah I don't know I I think it just all happened at a very interesting time In my yeah I
1: mean it seems like it it found you right at the right moment that it would be that kind of like very accessible almost like it was made for you kind of yeah experience which is the best of of musicals I think can really do can do that for you what so when what was your journey before that though how did you get into being on stage and wanting to go to school for performing
2: yeah first generation
1: American where that wasn't necessarily yeah I know it was was (laughs) definitely not
2: something that was in my family at all Mm -hmm. you know um so I don't know just from a young age I loved music and I love singing and from the first time I saw a show I was hooked and always want you know begged my parents to take me to see Broadway shows and um you know pre pre pre-YouTube days I remember like sitting on my computer googling any like clips of videos you could find of Broadway shows that were just like on the internet you know, not on YouTube. Um, it would have been so easy for kids nowadays, but, um, I remember just like scouring, like anything that I could find to watch clips of it. And yeah, so I just sort of loved it from a young age. And, um, I didn't know for sure if I wanted to study solely performance. I think also with, my family is a voice in the back of my head. It was also like, <laughs> you know, what else can you do? Or like, you need a, a backup plan. And so I ended up sort of I studied both music and business, um, and sort of did both, and also did like a producing minor at Tisch. And so I really sort of got a little little bit of everything, which ended up coming in handy because
1: I was going to say that's yeah yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> um, and being in New York, you know, at the same time I was able to intern at producing offices and then also audition for Broadway shows. Like Mm -hmm. you could do a little bit of everything. That was the sort of the blessing of being in this city. It was, it was a love, hate relationship, but that was definitely part of the love of it. Um, Sure. And yeah. And then I, you know, in, in graduating, I was just like, I, I need to give it a shot. Like, you know, like anybody else who's, who has the, has the itch you need to, you know, you need Mm -hmm. to try. And so I did it for several years, and as as you mentioned, I did you know the national tour of Hair, and it was amazing. Um, and then I started, you know, the lifestyle is rough. <laughs> and of mm-hmm. any actor, you know, when you're doing a job, it's amazing, but the act, you know, the majority of what you're doing is auditioning and side things. And you know, I also I felt like I wasn't challenging my brain enough, and I just mm-hmm. you know. Um, wanted a a little bit more and so I sort of while I was still auditioning started sort of part-time assisting some producers getting my feet wet in it and then I ended up uh starting to work for Barry and Fran Weisler in New York City and I was with them for several years and ended up uh sort of being in charge of their development of new works and sort of found my niche there um and that's sort of where I developed the love of of new works and then moved out here, and and everything changed. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pandemic. I mean, pandemic hit. Pandemic well, hit, yeah. and you know, had a baby, moved to the suburbs, and decided to start my own theater company. So.
1: Well, yeah, no, that's the you're right. It's the old story. Pandemic hits, have a baby, start a theater company. We've all we've yeah. all seen that story, right, a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's such a an interesting setup you had there at the beginning with being studying business just sort of as a as a through line <laughs> and then that turns out to be your other side but I mean you obviously have a passion for it Uh because you know I think a lot of people want to be artistic directors because um, it sounds like a fun gig but <laughs> you know it's a tough it's a tough racket and I I wonder what it is that you how that scratches the itch that like acting didn't, what is it about being in the production side that really Yeah,
2: and you, know, makes and, you
1: feel like you're at home? And look,
2: I think nothing will fully scratch the itch of performing, sure. but I think, I think it was at least for me, I think everybody sort of needs to find for themselves what, thr- what thrills them in that way. Like what gives you, you know, that high that you feel when you get a role or when you're performing on stage. And for me, I found like, when I was working in the room um, on a new piece with a creative team and sort of seeing it like come to fruition for the first time, I started to get that feeling that high again that I hadn't felt in a while um, or seeing a new piece of theater, seeing, you know, seeing a reading of something and really feeling like, wow, like I'm seeing something special and I want to, you know, take it and make it something I think just that excitement um for me for the first time in a while felt something similar to that to that feeling um uh and and yeah I think just feeling I think also you know being an actor you have such little control over anything in the business like literally nothing and I think I just found being on the other side of it I guess, one, also how much faster I felt I could rise in it Mm -hmm. um, and then get to a point where I was actually able to make decisions that that mattered and that actually changed things. I was able to, you know, make decisions that would impact a show that would potentially bring it to Broadway or impact, you know, the uh, just feeling like I was making actual change um, felt really good. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what
1: uh, this this might be kind of a, a broad question. So if if doesn't if it doesn't work feel free we'll just, we'll just skip it. But what did you what what's the pro- when you started working actually working for producers like really actually yeah. doing that job? What's what su- was what like? What surprised you the most about what it takes to be a producer? And
2: I think so many people don't really know really what a right. producer does. It's just yes. you sort of it's just sort of this name. that You're like, well, what do they actually do? Right. I think what surprised me, especially working for the Weislers who were specifically lead producers of shows, which mm-hmm. is obviously you know a different role than than co producers or co-producers other level producers. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um it's it's how they have their feet wet and everything, and I mm. think that also is exciting to me like they there is so much much that's under their umbrella, like literally everything is under their umbrella, and so you have to know a little bit of everything, and you need to you're involved in every single aspect of every decision in every department um and I think that was also exciting to me, always feeling like well. Where would I maybe enjoy, like, would I enjoy general management or would I enjoy this or would I enjoy that? And I think what it was a sort of, ex- you know, casting for a while, I thought I maybe wanted to be a casting director. Mm. Um, and I think with producing, what was so exciting is that you get to kind of do it all. Like, I, I do really enjoy casting, but what I enjoyed if I was doing it every single day of the week for my whole life, probably not, <laughs> but, Um But it's really exciting to get to do it, you know, for shows here and there. And so, you know, I think that the fact that you get to have your feet wet in so many different things was one, you know, I guess that was something I learned what a producer does and how much Mm -hmm. responsibility it has. But I think that's what also was exciting about it was, yeah, I didn't feel like I had to maybe pick just one lane to be in to do just marketing or just this, you know, you, you literally do all of it um, yeah. which is what i'm learning also as, as a founder and artistic director as well and you know i definitely have my strengths and weaknesses but you kind of have to learn a little bit of everything um which is you know what makes it hard but exciting as well
1: so yeah so let's get let's get to that <laughs> to soma theater company because i think it's i didn't realize you founded it or decided to found it during the pandemic uh, <laughs> which is I I I'll 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 say uh Dana bold move. Um, because that's not I don't think we're everybody I think a lot of theaters were closing and you you decided to, <laughs> to open one up. Um also not to be ignored, to open one up in or to form one, while not only is there a pandemic going on, but obviously as we all know, during during twenty twenty, there was this great cultural reckoning happening with and still is happening with how theaters are run and how yeah. theaters work and so in the middle of all that you decide to start a theater company. yeah so what was it but what was it obviously this is something you would have thought about we all think about starting theater companies at some yeah. point what what brought it up to the yeah to, the fore well, and to be
2: fair I did only launch in 2022 so okay it, so you took it a was time. sort of okay. towards the end yeah towards the end right I mean, we still, still, sort of in. I guess we're still in, but you know, we weren't in. Yeah, we weren't in 2020. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think all of that sort of informed it. I mean, yes, as you said, I sort of always had this sort of dream of doing it. I, I think I always sort of thought it would be a little later down the line, and Mm -hmm. still kind of surprised that it actually had happened. (laughs) But I think, I think that, um. Sort of take given my experiences in different aspects of the business, everything that was going on, also having just had a child myself, um, and moving to a community where, um, I don't know for your listeners, you know, Maplewood and South Orange, uh, also known as Soma, by the way, which is why it's called Soma Stage, South Orange Maplewood, um, is home to a huge amount of Broadway performers, um, Mm -hmm. or Broadway professionals, not just performers, but you know, it's, it's around 30-minute train ride from the city. So there's a huge, huge um, community out here. And a lot of them are out here because they have families. And mm-hmm. so I think also having just had a child myself and sort of thinking about what going back to the workplace would look like for me as well, um, made me think, you know, I wanted to sort of create a space where, it was more welcoming to people who have kids and who have families and um not have that be sort of like a burden or or secret or anything like that um, mm-hmm. and you know definitely with a lot of the things in mind that you know were were talked about um mm-hmm. throughout the last several years and and you know it's it's the learning process, and you know we're we're still at the very early stages um but but we're learning as we go and trying to, you know, trying to to do as, as best a job as we can. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was also just sort of timing. Like I I moved to the community and, and one of the main reasons we moved here was because my husband's also a Broadway actor. And so we knew that there was a large um, community here and we wanted to be a part of it and then realized, you know, the reason that people lived here was because they were so easy, such easy access to the city. But how come there wasn't theater being done here where everybody lives? You know, mm-hmm. yes, we have, you know, we have some, some bigger theaters like paper mill and, but honestly, they, a lot of, they source from the city mostly right. um, and not really focused on, you know, who is living out here. Um, and we're honestly, we're also not doing full main stage shows at this point. We're actually focused on development of new works, which is what, you know, my main interest in niches and and mm. offering concerts out to the community. Um, and it was also just sort of the, the timing of moving here and realizing that that well, didn't exist. and And I guess also wanting to, you know, to be the one to do it. And it was, it was like, okay, I guess I better start it. And, you know, I was, I was like, I'm going to start really slow and, and really small and take my time. And, and we had our first sort of launch concert. And, you know, we, we had Jeremy Jordan and Christiana Knoll and Whitney Basher and all these people who, who live here, um, and it was a huge success, and we, we had to turn people away because we had too many people who came out to support us.
0: Okay.
2: Um, yeah. And then we were uh, approached by the South Orange Performing Arts Center, which is a large performing arts center in town, and um, they we have now partnered with them, and they actually have done a really interesting thing. They had a new, a new leadership, a new executive director, and he decided that... He really wanted to bring the community into their programming. And instead of just having sort of an outside booker who would book, you know, concerts and events mm-hmm. into their venue, um, he, they, he actually uh, brought in community members who had a niche category um, to really help curate their programming. So they created what's called the Creative Community Brain Trust, and we are the Broadway wing of that. Um, and so now we, you know, are helping to program and curate all of their Broadway programming and and hopefully bring, you know, more, more exciting things to our town and use as many local people. That's, you know, that's our mission as well, as to use as many local uh, professionals and talent as possible.
1: Interestingly, you, you sort of have connected back to in the Heights in a really interesting way, thematically uh, that this is sort of like, it's an important part of theater that, that thematically in the Heights deals with it, not as being theater, which is being where you are and living where yeah. you are and being, you know, not looking, not trying to go somewhere else to, to solve your problems that it's the um, which is very well encapsulated. Actually. I noticed this time re listening to it. Another song that isn't in the film because it wouldn't make sense Because that character's not in the film Um, Is uh, Oh man, what is it called? It's the one I think it's called Enough uh, It's yeah. the song that Nina's mother sings Nina's mother, to yeah, Enough When
0: you have a problem Come home You don't run off and hide From your family all alone You hear me When you have a problem Not lying, not screaming I'm done trying and I'm leaving it up to, you. It's up to you I'll see you back home.
2: yeah, there's something special about it being at home, and especially when you have the talent that we have right here, I mean
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's it feels crazy just feel like everyone has to go to both go to the city to do the work, but also for community members to, like, you know, you will have to take a train to the city to see theater, but do you know that your next-door neighbor is actually playing Hamilton on Broadway right now? <laughs> well, like, mm-hmm. like, why can't you see it right here? Sure. Which is it's very much Usami's should... uh, Yeah, yes, Yeah, his,
1: his journey through the Journey, yeah. yeah. The show. I think that... Um, I mean, it's also Vanessa's journey, it and it's to an interesting extent Nina's journey that she wants to come home and she sort of shouldn't. It's that very interesting... <laughs> dynamic in there it's like yeah it's
2: like where she still you safe
1: right you can't you can't hide here like you should live here but you can't hide here and like is that the you have to go back to school you have to try you have to push the boundaries you have to get the yeah. training so you can come home and actually be the person who you want to be and yeah. it's a big but what you just said really speaks to me specifically I, it's a big problem we have here in dc with um our what i call our broadway level theaters you know dc has broadway and off-broadway theaters uh you know and the the higher caliber ones the ones you've heard of the arena stage signatures and yeah. things like that um the joke is that you have to if you want to work there you have to move to new york and then you'll work you'll never not work yeah. at, at these theaters yeah. and it's absolutely yeah, true no, completely
2: i mean i remember i would audition for all the philadelphia theaters in the city in new york mm-hmm um, be like, yes, I have local housing, but you know, I'm still auditioning. I'm still a New York actor.
1: <laughs> that works. There you go. I like that too. You get more, but it's true. You really get more castable and that part of it. I understand the part of it is the, the sort of general, it's not bias exactly. It's just like, if you move to New York or you move to LA, you commit to that. Like it shows a certain level of commitment to the end yeah. talent. And I get that. And I understand that people, you get taken a little more seriously because you've done the, you've gone to the place where we do this. And that makes a lot of sense. So I understand how that can play into it. But at the same time, like, you know, (laughs) Sixteen bars is sixteen bars. Like let's let's hear everybody <laughs> sing it and see. Like let's have a real audition. Let's see because it's not like it's not like the people of Sherlington, Virginia have any idea who these people are in the grand <laughs> sense. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not Brian Stokes Mitchell. It's it's you know yeah. it's Broadway talent, but it's not like it's it's not people who are not selling people, the tickets. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's very few people who like have total name recognition who are only theater performers. So it's you know if you were doing it for that reason, I kind of get it. Stunt, yeah. casting stunt casting is <laughs> but like you know anyway that's just that's a. I'll, I'll stop that drum. that's the. thing but i really appreciate that the especially being so close to the city it must be kind of like i mean it's got this great sort of like babes in arms let's just do the show right here kind of vibe to it where it's like we're all here we're all like we're all right here let's just let's just do it and the challenge to that must be though i, I mean number one i would think of would be pay like you have to compete with the broadway houses for that a little bit right to 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 attract the artists or is the locality of yeah it sort of i mean i'll like say
2: yeah i mean i'll say that with what we've started so far you know with doing readings and concerts and and things mm. like that you know we're not at least at the point where we're giving you know full full salaries sure. and sure. and people are at this point are also excited to be supporting a new theater venture you know in town and um but but yeah I think a lot of them are just like oh my gosh there's something right here like I mean all everybody who I reach you know not everybody but the majority of people that I reached out to as I said sort of have families and have kids and they have to juggle you know going to like I don't have to go to the city it's right mm-hmm. here um you know there's just something uh just very i guess comforting and easy mm-hmm. about it which is enticing um to them but but yeah obviously that will be you know a, a challenge that we will we sure. will figure out as we as we continue to grow
1: well i, I think that you i mean because I, I meant it when i said it before they're like being an artistic director is cool job but it's a hard job because it all yeah. falls to you and that is you know, the successes are yours and that's great. But, you know, you also have to, like every boss, you have to take the blame (laughs) when it's not your fault. And I think that it's really, it's, it's, it's probably easy. I would wonder if you think it's easier to do your job when you're doing it with such a clear goal in mind. I mean, you haven't just opened a theater to open a theater. You have decided we want to have a theater that serves the community, that is part of the community and that, draws from the community and that gives you a very clear artistic
2: Yeah, I was very, yes, exactly. I think it's been, that part of it has been the simple part. It's, you know, I knew right from the beginning I wanted to do something sort of hyper-local that was using, you know, the professional talent that that lived here and felt like there was a, a huge community to draw upon for that. So I did definitely, and, you know, wanting to specifically at least for now, you know, not not do full full stage productions mm-hmm. really focus on you know uh, our reading series that we're launching this spring and and concerts and we've been doing some educational master classes and things like that um so i think having sort of that narrow uh very specific vision has been helpful in that rather than just i'm gonna open a theater company and i'll cast anybody and put on any show and you know Mm -hmm. i think that would feel a lot uh, very much more overwhelming i mean don't get me wrong it is still very overwhelming but i think having a very clear vision of what i wanted to do and how i wanted to start it um has been helpful in that regard for sure
1: um it gives you a true north which is just i mean i think that it gets overlooked a lot when people take on big ventures like that. Like that, they, they, you know, I, I think a lot of theater companies get started by frustrated directors and writers who want to Mount stuff, you know, like, and that's, that's good. And that's, that's a reason to do it as well. And we've all felt that temptation at one point or another, Um uh, <laughs> But it, it it the the like any artistic venture, I think the most important question you have to ask is why? Like why do I need to write this show? Why should we direct this show? Why should yeah, exactly. we do this? And why mm-hmm. should we start this theater company is a is a question that doesn't get asked, I think, a big lot. And it's really great that it yeah, started.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because I felt yes, there's several wonderful theater companies out here, but the one mm-hmm. thing I felt was missing was really the new work development and the readings and you know, having been somebody who would travel all around the country to see readings. And, you know, I go up to Baxter and go to Williamstown and go to, you know, all these places. Um I felt like this was like the perfect location for something like that, you know, go to Eugene mm-hmm. O'Neill. Because we're so close to the city, you know, you don't have to go spend a night or two at a hotel to go, you know, see shows. You can take an easy train ride in. You have such a huge community of actors to work with. It just felt like I was, I guess I was honestly sort of shocked it hadn't been done before. Why there weren't, why people weren't using this community to its fullest potential, the proximity to New York and the amount of professionals who lived here. And so I think with that in mind of, the reading series being really at the forefront of what I wanted to do. That's sort of where everything started and then um, sort of thing like, okay, well, what else can we do if we're already going to be doing this?
1: So what is, what are you guys working on right now? What's the sort of uh, what's current? Yeah. So, so, yeah so
2: speaking of, we, we just announced our first reading series is called the Soma backstage reading series. So we're doing it with SOPAC, which is a South Orange Performing Arts Center Um And we just announced we're starting with two shows, one play, one musical. Um, We're doing an exciting new musical by Nathan Tyson and Chris Miller, who Nathan Tyson's Paradise Square and they both Mm -hmm. do Tuck Everlasting. um, And a play uh, that's by Leah Romeo, who's a Juilliard fellow right now. Um, And I literally just finished casting the last role. (laughs) Um, So we're, we're fully cast now. We'll be announcing it soon um and so we're very hard at work sort of putting putting that together it will be the weekend of june 3rd and 4th um so that has been sort of the main focus and then we have lots of concerts that we're in the process of working on um we are having laura Bonanti perform at may 7th Ooh. um she's also local and a lot of uh a lot of people who we're talking to right now for, for next season. We just had Carol Lindsay do a masterclass for us with local teens and that was mm. really exciting and everyone was very excited to work with her. Um, and then already starting to plan for our next, so our, so our launch concert is called Broadway in the Park and it's sort of a community-wide event uh, with tons of Broadway, local Broadway performers. And so we're already mm. planning for our next one, which will be on Labor Day.
1: I, it's really I, I wish you all the best because it it sounds so important to be to be entirely honest, like that, that Thank you. The, the, the hyper local local focus is something I think <laughs> is very, very worthy and often gets overlooked um, in the rush to get to New York or to get to L.A. or to get to wherever. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely. I think what's so special about this community is that the hyper local talent, like, is the actual Broadway is talent. The, yeah, the level, which, you know, which, level, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I think it would be a very different type of company if I was doing this in middle America. But the fact that literally, like, our hyper-local actors are, like, leads of Broadway Jordan. shows, our right. yeah, Jerry yeah. Jordan, you know. <laughs> I think we're... <laughs> and Laura Benanti, I think, it's yeah, I think just, you're fine. Yeah, it's like a very mm-hmm. exciting... You know, I, I don't think that this community is really, like, any other community and i think that's what i sort of was drew me to it was just mm-hmm. there was a really um something very exciting and different about about it because there aren't really many communities where you have such a huge pool of this level of talent
1: yeah i completely i mean taking advantage yeah. of, there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of your surroundings <laughs> i don't i don't think there's, that's, that's a <laughs> that's that's that that's the the hallmark of every good endeavor <laughs> to me in a lot of ways dana this has been wonderful to to chat with you i have to ask As we kind of wrap up here a little bit uh what is your favorite in the heights song
2: yeah um uh, there's so many i would say probably everything i I know which you might be surprised
0: about oh
1: yes i am surprised what um, a choice
2: i really love that song it was actually an audition song of mine for a very long time Um, and I, yeah, I just really, it was just such a soft, sweet moment, but the lyrics are really like meaningful and special. And it also really connected to me, you know, when she talks about wondering what it was like when, when Claudia, you know, left her country Mm -hmm. and, and what that would have been like. And I think about that all the time, you know, with. My own parents and my own family, and you know, when my mom left Morocco, like they had to leave in secret, and they you know left mm. on a boat. then mm-hmm. they didn't tell anybody and like i just i wonder, um I just always think about that and how different it was from my childhood and um, so I think I just really connected to that song and the message of that song.
1: Where could people find you in soma stage on the internet?
2: absolutely, so. Um, you can find us on Instagram at, at Soma Stage or Facebook as well or we're at somastage.org um, as well as if you go to SOPAC's website sopacknow.org and we also have a page on their website which is Soma Stage at SOPAC and it has all of our um, offerings that are happening at SOPAC as well and you can learn about all the things that are happening at, at SOPAC and all of their amazing offerings as well.
1: Dana thank you so
2: much Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: In this album, there's a picture of the ladies at Daniela's. You can tell it's from the 80s by the volume of their hair. There's Usnavi, just a baby, 87, Halloween. If it happened on this block, Abuela was there. Afternoon, noon I came, she'd make sure I did my homework. She could barely write her name, but even so, she would stare at the paper and tell me, Bueno, let's review. Why don't you tell me everything you know? There's a picture of Abuela in Havana. She is holding a rag doll, unsmiling, black and white. I wonder what she's thinking. Does she know that she'll be leaving for the city on a cold, dark night?
1: The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn please rate and review the original cast on your pod catcher of choice it's the easiest way to help other listeners find the show go to bit.ly original cast store for original cast merchandise like t-shirts tote bags and more become a patron of the original cast at patreon.com original pod so you can listen to our bonus podcast the original cast at the movies on the socials we're at original cast pod special thanks to our social media manager bethany zalecki
2: hi bethany my thanks
1: to Dennis Spialto for coming and talking to me i'm patrick flynn And I can't. I have rehearsal.
0: Here's a picture of my parents as I left for California. She saved everything we gave her. Every little scrap of paper. And our lives are in these boxes. While the woman